Well, good morning, everyone. And happy Easter to you. Isn't it a glorious day today? You know, today we celebrate with millions, with millions of other people around the world, the greatest, the greatest event in the history of the world, and that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? Amen. He is risen. All right. You guys are alive. I know some of you are a little warm. I apologize for that. We'll try to get the temperature down. We've got a lot of people in here, but he is risen. He is risen All right. This must be the cheering section right down here. Well, you know, today, Easter Sunday, it's quite a contrast from a couple of days ago. Some of you were here for our Good Friday service, and it was very different than what it is today. There's a lot of celebration, uh, flowers, people wearing brand new outfits. Friday was a little bit more quiet. It was a little bit more somber. Because that's when we reflected on the suffering and the death of Jesus Christ. And something else we did, we reflected on our own shortcomings. We reflected on our own failures. And we had a cross down here, sat on our table. It was an old, rugged cross. And as we reflected on our own sin, we asked people to come up and nail their sins to the cross. And some of you were here. And some of you did that. And so on Friday, death had triumphed. On Friday, evil had won the battle over good. On Friday, the promised one's body lay lifeless in a tomb. But you know what? I'm really glad because the story doesn't end on Friday. If it did, think about it. If that was the end of the story, we wouldn't even be here today. We wouldn't be coming to church there would not be an Easter Sunday service to attend. There would be, in fact, in fact, there would be no church to attend. There would be no Salvation Army. There would be no Croc Center. There would be no beautiful outfits. That was Friday. But Sunday morning is here. And I'm so glad it is. He is risen. He is risen. So I don't need this old nail. And I don't need that hammer either. All right. Yes. Amen. Turn to your Bibles, if you have them, to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 28. And let's look what happened on that very first Resurrection Sunday. Matthew 28. And if you don't have your Bibles, we'll have it up here on the screen. But it's a familiar story. It's a well-known story. You hear the same story every Easter. But I want to challenge each and every one of you today. No matter how many times you've heard the story, I want to challenge you today to allow God, just for today, allow God to help you see something new, to see something fresh in the old Easter story. So we're going to read these verses. Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. And as we read them, I want you to pay particular attention to three simple phrases. Three simple phrases right from the Word of God. And you'll see it on the screen as we get to those 
portions, you'll see that I've bolded it, bolded in, in, uh, on the big screen. So here we go. Matthew 28, starting with verse 1. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. That's the first phrase. Say, do not be afraid. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. There's a second phrase. Come and see. Say, come and see. Come and see see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. That's the third phrase. Say, go quickly and tell. Say it one more time. Go quickly and tell. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and it was going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus himself met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. May the Lord bless the reading of his word this morning. I told you we look at three phrases. So what was that first phrase? Good, do not be afraid. Now, obviously, the woman, the woman who came to the tomb were afraid. They didn't know what to expect. They certainly didn't expect to see the stone rolled away and an angel sitting on top of that stone. They were filled with fear because their teacher, their master, had been crucified. The angel must have sensed their fear and anxiety. And thus his words, do not be afraid. You know, our life, our journey in life is not always easy, is it? Just look around the room. Our journey in life is not always easy, is it? Sometimes that journey is full of fear and anxiety and worries. Let me ask you a question this morning. Right off the bat, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What really worries you and scares you? What do you lie awake at night thinking about? That's a pretty heavy question to ask. You see, fear fear comes in all shapes and sizes. It can sneak upon you unexpectedly like, like a terrorist attack or with ominous warning signals like the drone of an approaching airplane. Fear can make you ill. It can cause anxiety attacks or ulcers. You know, last night, 
I saw a few anxiety attacks. We had right here at the Croc Center, we had our Bible Bowl competition. You can see on the screen. This is a Bible knowledge and Bible memory competition with teenagers versus other teenagers. And we had a team here from the Croc Center. And there's, there's some of our team. And, and, and they were the champions. They were the divisional champions of the Bible Bowl. Yeah, give them a hand. <clears throat> And they had to memorize the entire book of Acts, believe it or not. The entire book. There's 28 chapters in the book of Acts. And they had to answer question after question after question. Sometimes it was verbatim. But our team was victorious. So you can see our kids up there. You see their coaches, Jen and Uncle Bram. But talk about anxiety attacks. There were a few of them last night as I witnessed. But it wasn't any of those kids it was like the coaches and the parents who were very nervous. And my wife was sitting next to me, and she couldn't even look up. She was playing a little game on her phone, and I kept saying, listen, listen to them. She says, no, I'm too nervous. <laughs> they were afraid for our kids that they would not remember the answers, or that they would lose, or that they would look bad in front of the crowd. You see, fear can do that. Fear can cause anxiety attacks, or even worse, our physical body. But as I said, fear comes in all shapes and sizes. There's the fear of losing your job and not being able to provide for your family. It's a real fear, isn't it? There's the fear, the thought of losing your faith, that fear that if I die, I may not go to heaven. There's the fear that Perhaps I may end my life with a lot of regrets. That's a real fear, isn't it? There's the fear of not fitting in, of not being liked or not being loved. There's the fear of the unknown, the uncertainty of the future. And if you're in a ministry like I am, there's the fear of failure when you can't meet the expectations of so many people. But enough about fear. Because I fear I've made you afraid of it. But the angel said to the woman, and the angel says to us today, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And the Lord Jesus says it himself in verse 10. Do not be afraid. And he tells us that today. When fear creeps into our life and it paralyzes us, he says, do not be afraid Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. And he cares about you. And he loves you so much. So whether you're facing a terminal illness, or you've lost a loved one, or whether you're getting bullied in school, or maybe even bullied at work, or maybe you have an addiction that is constantly gnawing away at your body and at your mind, let me encourage you this morning. Jesus says, do not be afraid, for I am with you. You see, the message of Easter is a message of hope and promise. In a hurting and broken world, in a world filled with fear, Jesus, through his death and resurrection, brings light and life. Jesus says this in John chapter 10, verse 10, one of my favorite verses. 
And Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and that you might have that life more abundantly. He not only promised eternal life, and sometimes that's what we focus on in the church, but when we die, we go to heaven, we have eternal life. But he also promises a life right here and right now, a life of significance, a life of purpose, a life free from fear, a life free from anxiousness. And he also promises a life of peace, a peace that sometimes we can't fully understand or comprehend that peace. But it's a peace that will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And sometimes we need that peace of mind, don't we? So that we can put our head on that pillow at night and go to sleep, knowing that Jesus is in control. John 16, Jesus says this as well. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble and tribulation. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. So whatever your fears, whatever your anxious thoughts may be, all the uncertainties of tomorrow, hear Jesus say this. He says, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Well, that's the first phrase. What was the second phrase? Anybody remember? Anybody remember? Come and see. Come and see. Okay, verse 6. Say to your neighbor, come and see. Say to your other neighbor, come and see. You see, the angel invites the woman to come into the tomb. And the angel says, come And see for yourselves that Jesus is no longer in the tomb. And you know what? We are invited to do the same thing. There's a quote. It's up here on the screen by Peter Marshall. And he says, The stone was rolled away from the door not to permit Christ to come out, but to enable the disciples to go in. You see, you know, there's some of you here in our church for the first time today. We have many visitors, and we welcome you. Or maybe it's the first time in a long time. And perhaps someone has invited you, and you said, okay, I'll just come and see. Let me check out this church with the swimming pools, and the fitness center, and the gymnasium, and the preschool, and all this other stuff here. Well, we'll be happy to give you a tour of the Croc Center after the service today. But, I want, but what I want you to do today, before you leave this service, is not to come and see the Croc Center, but I want you to come and see the empty tomb, the empty tomb of Jesus Christ. And I invite you to come to take a look, figuratively speaking, to come and take a look. Because I know, I know that there are some of you who are seeking and searching, looking for answers to life's questions. There's some of you trying to figure out what life is all about. And so I invite you to come and see. And I invite you to come with all the questions, 
Come with all the doubts. Come with as much skepticism as you have. Come with all your baggage. But come just as you are. It's okay. It's okay. When the angels invited the woman into the tomb, they said, come and see. So I invite you this morning, if you're seeking, if you're searching, if you're not sure who this Jesus Christ is or what it's all about, I invite you to come and see and take a look for yourself. I suppose some of you may be thinking, is, is the, rex- the resurrection of Jesus really important? Is Easter something that happened more than 2,000 years ago? Is that really relevant to today in 2015? Is there anything about it that would make a difference in my life? I invite you to come and see the empty tomb. But you need to come and see it for yourself. You know, you can't delegate it to someone else. You need to be a first-hand witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ because God makes a personal invitation to you. A personal invitation. And he says, he says, Shane, come and see that I love you with an everlasting love. He says, Susan, Come and see that my grace is sufficient for you. He says, Paul, come and see that if you confess your sins, I will forgive you your sins and cleanse you and purify you from all unrighteousness. And he says, Rockney, young man, Rockney, Come and see that I have a beautiful purpose and a wonderful plan for your life. And he says, Carl, come and see that the Lord is good. He invites each and every one of you in a very personal way to come and encounter him in a very personal way. You know, I've... I've been a follower of Christ for many years, as many of you are as well. But I, but I still need to hear God's invitation to come and see. I need to hear, Phil, come and see that my mercies are new every morning. Phil, Come and see that when you're tired and you're weary, that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I need to hear, Phil, come and see that no matter what you do, no matter, no matter what you do, that I will always love you with an everlasting love and that my grace My amazing grace will always, will always be sufficient for you. You see, I need to come and see. The angels told the ladies to come 
and see the empty tomb. Later on this morning in the service, I'm going to give you an opportunity not to just to come and see, but to respond, to receive Jesus as your personal Savior, to make a greater commitment to love and to serve him more. You see, my hope and my prayer for each and every one of you today, whether or not you're far away from God or whether you've been walking with God for so many years, my hope and prayer for you is that you would leave here today a different person than when you came in, that you would be in a better place, that you would have moved just one step closer to Jesus in your personal relationship with him. So come and see and then respond. Do not be afraid. Come and see. And what was the third phrase? Go and tell. Very good. Say to your neighbor, go and tell. Say to your other neighbor, go and tell. Once the woman saw the tomb was empty and they realized that Jesus had risen from the dead, the angel told them, go quickly, go quickly and tell the disciples. You know, in our church for the last several weeks, we've been embarking, we've embarked on a campaign. It's entitled, Just Walk Across the Room. And it's all about us, believers, followers of Jesus Christ, being willing to step out of our comfort zone, to, so to speak, walk across the room, to develop new friendships with people who perhaps are very far away from God, with the intent of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with them. It's entitled, Just Walk Across the Room. And it's all about telling others about the good news of Jesus Christ in a very, very natural way. And so the third phrase we have with us this morning is simply that. It's an action phrase. It says, go and tell. It doesn't say to just sit here and listen, but it says to go, get out of here, and tell. Tell others. The, the angel said to the, the women, tell the disciples the good news that Jesus is no longer dead. He's alive. And we have this great news with us. And we need to share that. We need to go and tell others. I'm going I'm to do a little experiment here. And you can admit it. How many of you have your phones with you? How many of you are using it right now? Okay, a few honest ones. I'm going to allow you to use your phone, okay? Remember what I said about when we said, He is risen, what is the response? Okay. I'm going to put up not my cell phone, but my wife's cell phone number up there. <laughs> 387-4709. And I'm going to say, he is risen. I don't want you to text to that number right now. He is risen indeed. I'm going to have my wife, ke- oh, she already got a few. <laughs> At the morning service, we had almost 100 people who responded in about 30 seconds. So text that number. Make sure it's 387-4709. If you, if you say 4708, you're going to reach a hubcap company. Make sure it's 4709. And you write, he is risen indeed. And my wife is going to try to respond to you. (laughs) But you get the point. 
Wow. They're coming in like crazy. That's amazing. You guys are being obedient to the Word of God. It says, go quickly and tell, and you're doing that. It was interesting. Someone came up to Debbie this morning, in the morning, in the 8 o'clock service, and had a piece of paper and wrote, he has risen on the piece of paper, because she said, I always leave my cell phone in my car during church, so I'm not tempted to use it. So she wrote it down on a piece of paper and gave it to Debbie. How many do you have so far? 50. Wow. It's only been about 35 seconds. But you see what I'm trying to say. There is an urgency about the gospel message. And there's, it's a, there's an urgency that we, you, if you've encountered Jesus Christ, if you've been blessed, we can't hoard that blessing. We've got to share it with people. And so Jesus tells us, go. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Go and tell. There's a quote here that says, success, success in the church shouldn't center around how many people are gathered, but how many people are sent. We need to be a sending church. We need to be a church that sends people out with the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we've all received the good news. So let's share it with someone who hasn't heard it. And as we are blessed, let's be a blessing to others. Oh, someone texted me. They got the wrong number. Well, thank you for being attentive this morning. As we draw our service to a close this morning, I'm going to ask you, to bow your heads, to close your eyes. It's been a wonderful Sunday. There's been much that we've witnessed today. The joyful singing, the children, the choir, the worship team, the hula, all in praise to the Lord. And we've heard the word of God as well. And so I don't know where this message has struck anyone but perhaps there's some of you here this morning that your right that your life is ruled by fear by anxiety by worries and concerns Jesus says do not be afraid for I am with you and perhaps this morning you just need to embrace that. You need to say, Lord, I need, your, I need your presence in my life right now. I'm hurt. I'm struggling. I'm lonely. I'm not sure what the future holds. But I want to trust in you, Jesus. Trust in him this morning. Perhaps there's some of you here this morning who's just not sure about who this Jesus is. You're not sure what church is all about. Maybe you've come to church because it's Easter Sunday. Someone drug you to church this morning. But maybe you have lots of questions. Maybe you're looking for a better sense of purpose or, or meaning in your life or significance. 
Life can't just be such a monotonous thing. We get up, we go to work, we come home. We get up, we go to work, we come home. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life, that you would have it more abundantly. And so I invite you to come and to check it out. Jesus doesn't force himself on anybody. He just says, come and see and look, and you make your own decision. I'm not going to force you to do anything. I want you to decide on your own. So I invite you to come and see. And come with an open mind and an open heart. But come and see that the tomb is empty. That Jesus rose from the dead for you, for your sin, for your pain, for your suffering. And perhaps there's some of you here who are getting pretty comfortable in your Christian walk. And yet God is telling you, you know, you're too comfortable. You're not trusting in me enough. You've got to step out in faith. You need to be going out and telling others the good news. Don't just, don't just hoard all the blessings to yourself. Don't become a selfish Christian. But become one who willingly and lovingly shares the good news with others. Perhaps you need to go and